Open the pod bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> a movie odyssey with Brad Patel, Gus Trout, and Adam Lucas. Um, hey, do whatever you want, but don't indoctrinate kids. Brad, I'm talking to you. Quit indoctrinating those kids. What? Me? No. They're if, already if anything, indoctrinated. By the time they get to me, they're... Well, if anything, you're trying to undo it. You work in a, your arts faculty. You know what I mean? Your whole thing is like, ev- forget everything you know. Yeah. yeah. Everything basically. you learned is bullshit. Right. Yeah. Man. And you're a Gen X nihilist. <laughs> yeah. You just have this like, who gives a fuck if I die or live? Kinda, yeah. I mean, in some sometimes it's liberating, but more often it's just depressing. Yeah, it's but, like yeah. you give off this like, I'm gonna go feed a bunch of pigeons at a car dealership so they shit all over it, you know? Or like maybe I'll find a big brass ball and roll it through a fucking coffee shop. Who knows? But not a Starbucks. Not a Starbucks. We'll put Starbucks coffee in every shot except that one where the right. chain coffee store gets. But oh, hey, wait, is that that's a, shot a, that's from a, a movie? movie? <laughs> We're talking about a movie. Uh, well, not my best work. Okay. I actually had a really good one earlier. <laughs> I didn't know where this was going. On. <laughs> well, uh, we should get into it because, like, there's a lot to unpack here. Sure, yeah, let's do it. Like, I took two and a half pages of notes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I have a similar amount. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot to get into. I mean, mine are probably movie. much dumber. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll do an intro and then we'll we'll get into it. Um, hey gang, uh, welcome back. My name is Brad Patello. Uh, f- um, I'm joined by my good friends Gus Trouth and Adam Lucas. Uh, we are Jack's podcast. <laughs> we are Jack's complete see, see lack of material. <laughs> <laughs> was that? <laughs> that was that was a joke. That, that was a joke. I wrote earlier today. I wrote it down. Nice. So in in this episode, we're gonna talk about Fight Club. Oh Don't fuck! It's the first like several oh, rules. We're anarchists, but we love rules. <laughs> well, you see, that's the common misconception that there are no rules in anarchy. That's not how it is at all. But we don't have to get into that. Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's we the, will. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. There's you know, there's this. There's the filmmaking aspect of this movie. There's the psychology and the philosophy of this movie. And then there's the cultural impact, all of which require a lot of discussion, I believe, because there's just so much to it, you know? So why don't we start with the filmmaking? It's really good. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> the, the, I would say this is basically like a perfect movie. Like every aspect of it like comes together to create this like beautiful like amazing thing like the it's just such a unique thing you and, know what and, i mean and, and again he like another gold standard like film like everybody everything wants to look as cool as this to have the, those cool camera moves that like impossible camera moves that like aren't gimmicky and work and are just cool and the sound design is so cool great sound and, design and the this the fucking god like the special effects, this is like, the, to me, pinnacle of special effects. 
It only got worse it, it, after this. It only got worse. It really it's gone did. Downhill. It's really it true. Looks so good. Whenever it comes, the coming through is fucking like yeah. the pores of his nose. Yeah, like the sweat. The gun. The, yeah. And then like how fucking crisp some of the like whenever he's saying you're not your fucking khakis and like the film reel like starts going like that and stuff. Yeah. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like that looks so perfectly chaotically like manipulated that it looks like a really good shot that like blur studios made like yeah. how perfect the the uh the what the sweat on his face is and how like clear clear the clear it is but it's still like film grain yeah it's shot on film well, that's the and, key to this movie is this movie's actually really grainy yes which helps all the effects stuff work but oh, it's yeah. still clear. Like it has that, you know, in Instagram, when you turn up um, detail, mm-hmm. it actually makes it less detailed, but it feels sharper. It's because it's like blowing out. It's increasing the contrast in the grain, which like gives it this crisp kind of feeling while actually hiding a lot of stuff. We do this all the time in compositing. Like, yeah. oh, fuck, this doesn't work. Put grain, put more grain yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it's anyway. like- Putting a blur over, but this something. is like the purpose, the per, the perfect amount, and also it now, looks so it, good. It looks yeah, they so were fucking they good. were pushing stuff very far, right, in terms of the, yeah. their, their capability, but like they knew to stop at a certain point. You know what I mean? They went right up to the edge, and, and stopped. how much stuff is still practical? This and whole movie's heightened for sure. It's so yeah. dynamic, and the amount of thought that goes into like every shot. I've well, been they, watching. They prevised everything okay they knew exactly knew what lens yeah. they yeah. knew everything was previous they knew exactly what how much feet of track which dolly which lens how high off the ground like they knew every movement the camera was gonna make before they I, ever went out in the real world that makes sense because you you can't get this level without that planning it's so like uh, just re-watching this i was like like that whole, that whole, did you make this? Did you print this off? And the boss starts reading the rules. Yeah. He's like, I'd be very careful, you know, somebody, and that's this whole AR thing. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, not the, this movie's fault. That or, didn't age well. That does not age well at all. And like, but, but it's also kind, like, like pre Columbine. That it's line. all, I, th- I mean, this whole thing is kind of like a takedown of that mindset. But listen, more well, on we'll get into that. But I yeah. mean, we'll get into the philosophy. Filmmaking wise, this movie is fucking perfect. Well, I was going to say when you when you brought up special effects, I immediately mm-hmm. went to the makeup, the Rob Bettine's work, like the the fat suit on Meatloaf and the Meatloaf's blasted out head, and then. Uh, all, oh, the bruises, the, all the bruises, all yeah, the bruises, like Jared Leto's yeah. post-beating face and the, the chemical burn, like all of his work in this is really I subtle. Re- I didn't know that he did that. Like, yeah, I, I just I just I noticed forget. that for the first time yeah. in the credits. Yeah. I was like, oh fuck Robin. In the <laughs> opening credits, he <laughs> yep. gets a he gets an opening credit in this movie. Yeah. And it's all like wow, practical wow, makeup, wow, wounds, wow, bruises, wow. stuff like that is all really good. Dust brothers, whatever happened to them. They did all the music. So I used to listen to the soundtrack all the time. It's same nineties. Uh, <laughs> this feel this does feel nineties. This movie, but like in like the me. in like kind of a good way. 
But well, see, I, to I me, it, it's, it's it, I don't know that because I think because this part was of that so is culturally significant, it defined a lot of the zeitgeist of especially yeah. That was going to be my males, like teenage males. Yes, sure. Like in the, in the late nineties, came out in the nineties, and it defines stuff. So it reminds me of the nineties because I don't know. But I think in the, the future, the, like in fifty years, you show someone who's twenty five years old, and you say, "What is this from?" They'll be like, "I don't know, 2010, uh, 1987. Yeah, I, like you know, I. The There's music nothing is fairly nineties. Okay, see, I think that that music is like people are still trying to make that music as. Do you know what I mean? Again, it's that thing where it's nothing to me is pointing anywhere. I guess I'm not saying that that music. I get that it is nineties, but at the same time, it's like it's not so. When I think of the nineties, I think of like Nirvana, pastel like colors that like on like yuppie people and uh, there's certain things that I guess this to me and what like I consider nineties, this does not scream nineties to me. It's late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. The second I mean, half it, of the nineties, it very much, this was the aesthetic of the later half of the nineties starting grunge kind of introduced it, the dirtiness and the like darkness. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then there was this very, it, the rise of industrial electronic music becoming like mainstream nine inch nails etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah um to me but to use that to, to this use is, this that high school a, this movie is high school to use like, that as a score yeah in a movie though at that is at this level i mean i know that this movie kind of bombed in the uh right it did not do well it was it, like a cult kind of a, it did better later it got kind yeah. of mixed when it came out it yeah it got mixed reviews and it didn't do as which people well have as gone expected, back and like but... said like oh yeah i was i was, I was wrong <laughs> yeah well, well i think predicted it's so, a lot of stuff too yeah and i think it's so dense that if you get offended by something in it early on you stop trying to hear what it's saying and you just i think a lot of people left with like a bad taste in their mouth because of the way you know women were treated and all the the weird you know Machismo bullshit. Of the movie, yeah, which yeah, but, can be read different ways, and people have read different ways. How animated is the movement in this movie? Yeah, I was gonna say like a lot of the stuff you were pointing out in Seven, mm -hmm. like the way that the characters move. A lot yeah. of scenes kind of reminded me of like a cartoon or an animation. Like they're yeah. they're smashing cars. And they're like, let's get out of here. Yeah. After well, their when, car smashing thing. They, oh, yeah. The, the, I think about the scene whenever Tyler goes to rescue Marla. Yeah. And he's like, and in the hallway, you know, like oh, the music there is <laughs> fucking perfect. Yeah. I love that scene and how he's dancing. And then, like, she keeps on holding on. He's like pulling her and like, yeah, stopping and grabbing. And his, he's like, his weight and at Bernie's. his weight and anticipation and like and, and the way holding like, on a beat around the corners and, and grabbing stuff. her yeah. and, and even whenever the liposuction scene he's doing this thing where he's like he's like they jump over the thing and they're by the like now they're in the fence and the, they're hiding from the security guard and Tyler goes like and he's like yeah. answering his question he's like why are we doing yeah. that he's like it's a liposuction plate blah, blah 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 and he's like let's go and then like just all of that like that whoo the uh, timing and everything. Whenever the fat bag gets caught the, on the is, fence and it spills and all over. Oh, oh. <laughs> but like none, all that movement, that's, 
all planned. That is, and, yeah, and that's practiced. like, yeah, it's yeah. very like, choreographed, choreographed and rehearsed. Yeah, but the in a way feels, that doesn't feel well. It's natural it's to the characters. It feels like the character would. It's do just that. like yeah. it's well, Fincher yeah. knowing where the line is for cinematic to like, and not going well, too goofy and not going, and it doesn't just it doesn't pop in and frigid. out of that. Yeah, it's like the movie always, is is heightened. Like Brad said, it's the whole mm-hmm. thing is heightened. So like those things feel right at home because there's slightly ridiculous things happening constantly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's just jam packed with so much like detail, like so much visual detail, like just all the setups and payoffs that are visual sound design Uh, stuff happening off screen and like, yeah. and, And there's crazy stuff happening. The conversation. And this was like the first time I noticed this, the conversation when the detective calls and says, hey, did you know that like somebody had like sprayed Freon into your lock and chipped it out and da, 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 da. It's really echoey all of a sudden. And like, it's like they're in this, like, like a barn, an empty barn or something like a silo in that scene. Yeah. Well, we're going to, of course, spoilers. We're going to assume you know the big twist in this twenty-five-year-old movie-ish, yeah, yeah. but like They're all everything, dead people, everything mm-hmm. they do with that, like if you know what the twist is and you're watching for it, it's all really smart because I think of like something like Sixth Sense, where it's like, how did I not see that coming? There's so many. It's a hints fun. In- I think to this day, it's still a fun. Like I know the twist is coming, but I'm still like catching stuff. Nat like. Even stuff that I haven't seen on like YouTube, like yeah. kind of breakdowns and stuff. I'm like, oh shit, okay, that's interesting. And that little no. head nod there, or this, that, it's just all fucking endless. So you many like hints. have to watch this movie at least twice. You know what I mean? Like you mm. haven't actually watched it unless you've watched it at least twice. I don't know. I think the way they reveal it is really nice too, with the slow realization and uh, just before the wall. Like a lot, just enough fourth wall breaking. This this movie has mm-hmm. like more than I remembered, but just enough to where it's not cheesy. Like they're it's kind referencing of the fact thing. that they're in a movie, sort of. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of yeah. Ferris Bueller yeah. in a couple of ways. But and like the book the, is like, the book is like that. Okay, you know what I mean. Like there's the the like he is the narrator. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the, never named. Right, Edward Orton never gets a name. Maybe right. he's Jack. Maybe his name is Tyler. Maybe his name is Cornelius. <laughs> Cornelius. <laughs> That's the name. One of the yeah. names he uses in the. Come here, Cornelius. Yeah. Cornelius. That's what, it's the meatloaf. <laughs> Shit's so funny. Knows That's as so good, dude. Yeah. Meatloaf. You're. I was like, uh, do I like meatloaf? Oh, nope, nope, nope. No, no, no. But he's this is great. This he's is, so good in this. Yeah. Yeah. The little like one frame flashes of Brad, yeah, yeah, with his arm around the do- like the 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 like lead therapist guy at the men's group and like the doctor in an alleyway. No, I mean like in the book, it's way harder to do it in a film. Like some of these mm-hmm. scenes, like when they're both talking to Marla and they're on like either side of a door, or like that shit, or like they're on the phone, or oh, that phone's kind of easy. But you know, there are some scenes where it's like conveniently one of the characters is around the corner and the the other person can't see them, you know, and the way that they handle it is tricky, but it was all written like that in the book. 
Do you know what I mean? So he had mm-hmm. like a map to follow. He just had to figure out physically how it would work right, and where he had to put yeah. everybody. Yeah. And I'm sure he had to change some things because it's like in a book, you can just say like, oh, she couldn't see him. That house you is know? so fucking cool. But I was just thinking about just except that crazy house. Oh, yeah. Like if that house wasn't like a sh- complete fucking shithole. Like all the different stairwells and like the you know like the maid stairwell and they like, or the service whole, stairwell, like, yeah, foam core like model of it to like mm-hmm. to scale so they could like block out you know <sighs> like can we actually fit this setup How in this room? How fucking they, cool would it be to have that kind of budget to like be able to hire that kind of person to do that kind of thing? It'd be the fuck that'd be the coolest thing ever. It's a perfect, perfect piece of shit house like for the movie you know there's so and, much great yeah. detail in it and i mean i think the whole thing is so the house is, itself is supposed to be like a metaphor for the society like at one time was this amazing old like victorian house you know mm-hmm. with grand stairs and high ceilings and a greenhouse and gardens and then when you don't take care of it like you know we didn't take care of this thing we live in you know what i mean i think that's the house is kind of a stand-in just for but these guys like thrive in that shithole environment they like kind of love it yeah (laughs) yeah uh i i I was kind of towards the end of the movie starting to try to pay attention to what like edward norton was reading because he's constantly reading like a magazine or something. And it might just be like those stacks and stacks of magazine that are in the house because it's like a hoarder used to live there or something. But because, um, you know, he starts reading those all the like, this is Jack's. Yeah. Yeah. Show he, a giant knows. stack of books at one point. Yeah. In that scene, he's sitting on a giant but it makes, stack. But then books. I was, I was like, oh, this, I, like what the quick thought I had was like, oh, he's like reading all the time. What is he reading? And then I'm like, oh, this would be a nice little very David Fincher detail of like, this is how he is learning. He's just constantly reading and learning how to do all these weird things that he's like a genius and can retain. It's actually like Tyler is bringing, Oh, uh, you know, if you mix this and this, you get napalm, Uh, all that shit. But he actually read that in guns and ammo or something. Right. I also got to point out the colors. As the being colors. like very drab on Edward Norton's character, like his character's yeah. all very like gray and brown and <clears throat> tones, whereas Brad Pitt's character is just bright, colors. so flamboyant. Like, it gets yeah. like increasingly so. Yeah. So oh, and just like styles that make no sense, but like he's fucking pulling them off. It's he's, so fuck. Fuck. It's that upsetting. Guy. Yeah. Low rise. When he comes to the fucking door with his, with the, like, after their, that whole, like, montage of them just, well, he's got rubber gloves on. All, and he's got the he's rubber got gloves on. Gloves. He does just look like, I'm just like, oh my God, like that, like, I would, all right, Brad, they let's touch, do it. They touch, yeah. they touch that up and that's CG too. <laughs> my favorite outfit is the uh the low rise camouflage pants with yeah. his crack showing and then like a, a Hawaiian shirt with two of the buttons buttoned and, and it's like leaves. The rest, the rest of it just hanging out. But it's like fall leaves. Yeah. And then he has like some weird blazer on too, some real boisterous blazer. Um I like his God, it's just like great scene after great scene, great pacing, great like evolution of the fight club. I mean, think how long it takes before like Project Mayhem starts. I mean, that's way like into the movie. Way into act two. 
And it's I mean, very believable how, like, even whenever they recruit people, like the preacher that the one guy like takes his Bible and starts like the the guy that works at the uh, car shop. Oh yeah, he's, he's spraying the, the preacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the preacher is like in one of the fights at one point, and like that he kind of gets pushed down at the beginning. And the other guy's like, come on, who's next or whatever. And the preacher comes up and beats the shit out of him and like maybe chokes him out and they're hugging at the end and they start like crying. Like, you oh can, my God. Like that. I'm like, oh, the, shit, uh, that's the preacher. You like, can that, see the cameraman worked. laughing in that scene. Oh, really? It's like the camera's like shaking, shaking. and the guy sprays him. <laughs> oh, that whole sequence. Like that's one of the lighter moments when there, there when is he, some nice levity. I yeah. needed levity. Yeah. And it's played well and it works for the story. It's not like shoehorned in like the sequence and the music they chose there of like this sort of wacky mm -hmm. doop de doop de doo kind of music. Yeah, I know what you <laughs> mean. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Tyler has a bunch of stuff that like makes you laugh too. Like the, uh, well, there's a ton of super dark humor, like uh, um, Marla's like giant dildo. And she's like, oh, it won't you compete with you or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to worry about that or like, you know. <laughs> um, but like I when he first meets like Brad on the grade school. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, when um, they first meet on the plane and he's like, now a question of etiquette. And he's like the dick or the ass. And he gives Edward oh. Norton the ass and then he gives the. I think about that every time. I have yeah, to squeeze I think through too, somewhere. Yeah. Is I that do. what this is from? Yeah. Is that, that the first? Is that what started this? That that whole idea? The I mean, crotch I, or the ass? I'm sure people have thought about it, but I think this is what made everybody think about it. Because I think about that every time too. Every time yeah, I have the, to pass somebody. I think it's more of just an observation of a thing that people think about that we never said out loud. Right. It's like right. a comedian. Like it's the yes. Jerry Seinfeld over here. Yeah. Um, What's, what's the, the deal, deal with everybody <laughs> in everyone's face? Uh, <laughs> the um, the sequence where he's like another airplane, like the early montage of Edward Norton going from his day to day, and he's like, sometimes I like dream of like a head-on collision with another seven forty-seven or something like that. Mm. Like rips open and people are flying out, and he's just fly, like, and he's just like, uh, like not only is that like. And even like how the play, the and the sound effects of the plane coming in, and you see it through the window because yeah. he's yeah. like talking to the girl, and he like looks out the window, like as he yeah. kind of like <sighs> it hasn't been. No one has done it. No one had done it as cool as they did it, and then they did it the coolest, and they filmed it practically with like in a really interesting way, with like the chairs getting ripped out and stuff. Some of that's like real, and it's like touched up. And and no one's done it better than that. Like there's and that's scene after scene after scene in this movie. It's like we're gonna do it the first time, we're gonna do it the best time, and we're out. Like try try your fucking best. You you won't be able to do it. Well, that's a I lot think, of just his whole career is like that. Fincher. Yeah, true. Like, uh, and because you know Fincher is generally making original properties. You know what I mean? Like he's not a other than alien or. Um, <laughs> right. And that is just not what people do anymore. So yeah. like, I mean, unfortunately, like Fincher is like best friends and uses blur and blur is arguably 
Oh yeah. The he looked like cool, the, like not only like like that whole forefront, series the, like the forefront of of like CG animation. Well, that bunch of the stuff he directed for uh Love Death and Robots was yeah. better, right? It's a lot of really he gets a lot of really good talent together. He's got a good yeah. he's got a good eye for talent, getting Rob Bettine involved. Uh, getting Jeff Cronenweth involved. This is his first feature. He had previously only worked on music videos and just, it's a bunch of artists doing something they love, not because like it's a paycheck, but like movies like this are, you know, everybody's trying like to impress the person they're sitting next to kind of in like, in a yeah, cool it's, way. It's a bunch like, of really good yeah. artists challenging each other. Yeah. And like, that's what artists do when they get around, they feed each off, off each other's energy and they can sort of make something better, you know, like, cause they are trying to like, I got to get this right, you know, because I really respect this guy I'm working with, you know, it's a lot of that. Well, also mm -hmm. people cared about this, like a lot of like Marvel stuff now, it's like, feels like a lot of people just working on it cause they're getting a paycheck. You know? Yeah, a lot of it's a cash grab. And like some of them are good and there's there are things that are impressive, but it's not like it's no one's passion project. Right. You know what I mean? Between Seven and Fight Club, like these movies are fucking like on cultural standpoints, filmmaking standpoints, like like classics that hold up. Yeah, these two. I mean, his whole, unbelievable. His whole catalog is like that but these two movies i mean they're not my favorite ones but they're so iconic and like you like we kept saying people are trying to do these movies you know like right i'm trying to do this movie <laughs> the yeah but it's yeah it's like it's not iconic for uh some gimmicky thing or something it's like it, it it's everything we're talking about like how much love and attention and no, the blood, sweat, and tears went is, into this shit is like... I mean, honestly, this, this shit gives Kubrick a run for his money. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, And in terms of just sheer amount of detail, it surpasses him. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, and he didn't have previs, and I don't think he would have used it anyway, because he had this weird, like... But he was trying. bringing all kinds of crazy people in all the oh, time. for sure. But then he also had this, like, we got to find it on the day thing. Yeah, he we'll did do that. seven like, million takes yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> Hundreds right? of takes. Of we things. prepare as much as we possible, but more then we're willing to just throw everything out, too. Which, I mean, like, is also totally valid way to do things. Like, if, if you have that ability to sort through that haystack, I think I'm just going to have to say, like, the the, like, once Tyler is gone, the very end, just that, that, that made like the that air pixie going song. From, oh, the very, very, the end. very, very end. Okay. Like that pixie song and that shot. Like, yeah. And Marla does like a little tiny, like, Oh yeah. Like, and, oh my God, it's fucking, I mean, it's like the perfect end to a movie. I, I think it, I might be the best ending of any movie in terms of just it's one of those oh, things that where you feel drop, like it might every, be one of the best needle yes. drops of ever oh yeah it's like you feel like every emotion all at once type of thing if it yeah you're like it, elated horrified yeah just like about to cry like i don't know it's just like yeah, everything such a crazy overwhelmed and stuff yeah and, and then like the tenderness of marla in that scene too is like oh you okay yeah. like dude you know that that's that one film that i made where we blew up edinburgh like and the effects were really oh, bad yeah 
that's totally i was just i was just like i want to do a i want to yeah, do yeah. blowing up everything where <laughs> two people hold hands yeah <laughs> you know like uh but yeah it's and that that cg of those buildings and everything apparently there's something like what did this say there david fincher claims that there are Four million separately animated digital elements in that I, shot. I saw that, and each each frame took like eight hours to render. Was is that that scene? That, or is no, that, that was scene? the that was the trash can scene, which was the last scene added to the film. Okay, the, the, the camera coming off through all the trash. Yeah, um, that one had to be edited into the final cut wet, which oh, means wow. like it literally yeah. came straight from the lab. They put it in there, and then they sent it to get duped to send out the theaters. Oh, wow. it almost office. didn't. Where yeah, there's in a, the office. There's a donuts bag and okay. Yeah, there's a Krispy Kreme. Cr I'm going to bring yeah. up the sound design again there. It's like it's a phone ringing and an office, but they're fucking with it and how, what he's talking about, about like in Planet Starbucks and stuff, they're yeah. using the phone thing in an echoey way to make it like this orbiting, like, you yeah. know, Sputnik. Like, Kind yeah, of thing. and then it's, it all comes in back into oh and you're back God. sucked back into reality. So back cool. to life. But but yeah, like that, like, that very last yeah. scene where all the buildings explode. Didn't somebody work on that for months? Uh yes, 14 months. Yeah. Richard Dr. Bailey worked on the shot for 14 months straight. Animated four million different elements. Manually, I mean, not manually in the computer. It looks great. It looks... He wasn't. It, this wasn't like a procedurally generated explosion using physics engines and stuff. Like there was the some animated. of that, but it wasn't that. Uh, be, that yeah. that wasn't that robust yet. So it was just a dude being like, "Well, I'm going to look at a bunch of explosions and just make them." Yeah. <laughs> just somebody just animated it. Yeah, it's fucking insane. I love that. Like, I want you to hit, hit me as hard as you can. And he's like what and he's like i want you to hit me that was in a trailer that is yeah. such an iconic scene yep. and that's that like oh you hit me in the ear he's like <laughs> okay so the fucking yeah. ear and just like how yeah. that plays off and there's no music he's like no just, no no it's good it's good it's good yeah yeah and he just punches him in the stomach real hard and then i i love the montage of like of of pit going to pick up marla and like just the music there and him dancing and like that whole thing. And like I that, think how the, that leads into. Yeah. I think the Lou scene is another one that I would put near the top of my list. Lou. That's what okay. I was just, yeah, just going to go. Yeah. Lou, Lou might be my favorite scene there. I like his speech about that speech is like undeniably kind of like, he's like, we're like talk. He's talking about how we're like a whole generation of, gas station clerk like whatever gas station attendants or yeah, yeah and like uh anyways but yeah lou comes down he punches and it's like all the details happening there but the buildup of that scene and there's one of my favorite cuts on it's so tight and it's so fucking cool. And it's such a cool break. He gets like punched in the stomach. And he's down. And he gets punched in the face. He's like, oh, wait, nope, it's gone. And he gets punched yeah. in the face again. Yeah. And then he kind of gets up to his knees again. His hands and knees. And the crowd of Fight Club dudes like kind of step forward. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then he picks his other hand up. And like on that cut of him whipping his hand up, cuts to like a POV of his hand for Edward Norton to stop. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he get he does he's he's and like how Brad stops talking and he's like, no, like don't you don't get into this right now. Right. Like the seriousness of that. And then he gets back into character of being like, Lou, we really like this place. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, but he's like so like he's on the verge of murdering him. So fucking cool. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. right on the he's like he's so he's so mad. Like uh, yeah. that cut There's and tons everything of great oh, cut on so action in, in this movie. Yeah. Well, oh, like it's Fincher's, Fincher's like the man. The master. Yeah. yeah. It's his ability to be totally focused on something like a single movie but yet be able to instantly switch to the next thing. I think that's what you need. Like Yeah. Like well, focusing and, on the effects, but then you got to think about the blocking and the next yes, shot. And then yes. you got to be planning two shots ahead. And like, what is this cutting into? Um, well, and I think that's why he was like, we're prevising everything or else yeah. I will lose track. There's too much shit. So he did the smart thing, which was do all the work ahead of time. I bet what he doesn't things- feel comfortable without doing that way. I, he like he that's where he is in his comfort level. I don't think he would well, feel he doesn't want to get there on the day and go like and uh, guess. yeah like he wants no. to be like yeah have like, a can you imagine going is, into an animation and like just being like all right do well, clean do go into final animation. But yeah it's just like it's insane. I guess why we're getting so into this nitty gritty on this episode is just the fact, like we keep on bringing up, is that how good this fucking movie looks and how complicated it is. Yes, like it is a enormously complicated film, and how because much story is told. Yeah, through, very quickly. Yeah, very quickly, and through visuals in conjunction with what people are saying. Yeah, like the sequence yeah. when they're walking around. Tyler and the narrator are talking about who they would fight. And there's like mm. several different scenes of it that take place in different locations. So but you're like, like, wait, seamless. they were just yeah. talking about this over here. And the to have that all in your head of yeah. like what the blocking is and where they are. And it's it's like a fluid conversation, but it happens over the course of like, I don't know, a week in like movie time. Like Yeah, like multiple, multiple locations. And that, that. Yes. Or th- I think another even trickier thing is it conveying time in one location. Cause whenever Tyler and uh Marla start having sex, go on. They like <laughs> like Edward Norton is dealing with that for like weeks and weeks yeah, of that. Yeah. That whole kind of montage of... And it just kind of... It, when you're not really paying attention, you're like, oh, like they had sex once and they had sex for a long time. And then she comes downstairs and Edward Norton runs into her. It's like, no, like... No, it's been like a month. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's communicated if you're paying attention to like time of day and and uh, weather and... Um, clothing yeah. like he's coming back mm-hmm. from work he's or he's got I like he I, he has these awesome like kind of like these rain jacket like a mac coat it's not a trench coat because it, it's like just it's longer than Knee a blazer length. yeah yeah and he's like in like rain boots and his boxers yeah. and then a, a like a tank top and yeah i just i love all the outfits on, on, see, on either it, end it's because it looks so effortless when you're watching this movie you don't even think about it unless kind you have to think about it. what do you think about that like a little in terms like, of the planning and how things are executed and and this, the flow the like Edgar Wright is a little bit more showy offy obviously 
Yeah. yeah, he makes his cuts. His cuts are for effect, whereas yeah. these cuts are hidden, and the blocking and composition is for effect. Yes, something. No, like no, that. no. You're right because the the a lot of the time Edgar Wright is playing. He has a bit in. It's the like the cut. rhythm of the cuts that. You know, where he, but this, where, where Fincher, yes, the cut is, he's, he almost wants the camera, like, he doesn't want you to think about the camera no, or he, the cuts. Yeah. He wants it to feel seamless most of the yeah. time. Like when, and then when, so I, th- and I think that's very smart and very hard, but also yeah. very smart because then when you do a cut for effect, it is that much more effective. It do you know what I mean? Out. When you do a smash cut yeah. or something. Yeah. I, I, okay. I was noticing this time around the amount of insert shots, like all of them buckling up before like they let go of the wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene is fucking awesome too. Yeah. Whenever he's like, why do you think I blew up your fucking condo? And then like yeah. the two guys look at each other in the back. Like, <laughs> like, it's so every, the the like kind of double entendre is, I know that's not the, what's the best phrase? Because what I'm getting at is the fact that like, what they are saying and the reactions of people make sense within that point of framework view. and but the then, real and then the other framework, framework they make yes. point of it's the still reality fuck. which which it's i mean perfect like, about it's perfectly like revealing but not revealing the twist yes i feel like it's you know i don't think medically it's probably correct but this is probably one of you know the best representations of like being uh schizophrenic with split personalities you know what i mean like um because i feel like to that person this is how it is you know there's like a totally different person and they don't know when they're in charge or what you know what i mean like it's not like a obvious thing to them like it's just their their existence what do you i want i'm curious what do you guys think of the like philosophy of this movie so remember i said i you know in high school i used to rent a movie yes every night and i'd go through directors and you know i'd watch them in chronological order of you know when they made them okay and i watched this film and i was like i am invincible it was right at that stage of teenagerdom yeah. where you think you're invincible anyway yeah and then this watching this movie while being like 17 is terrible idea do not let anybody under I don't know, maybe 30 see this movie because they'll get lots of terrible ideas. It is like they're, it's like cool. They're having fun and like, yeah, or seemingly having fun. And then it gets out of control, but like, right. But there is is some early stuff that is like what they're talking about, how like you're, 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 you're working a job you hate for stuff you don't need or for shit you don't need or whatever. Like that is true. Like there is a truth to the philosophy of it. And then obviously like there's a middle ground for everything and like you can go too far either which way and like it topples over and like, right. At first it's like, like we're just like, it's like fuck the man. It's about like, I don't know, maybe to fuck the man, you really do have to, I can't say the rest of what I'm about to say, blow blow up some shit. My favorite (laughs) bit of like trivia is that a lot of the product placement that was in it, David Fincher used to shit on literally one of the companies um, to like make them look bad, but he contractually fulfilled his obligation. There's nothing he could do like the BMW. Like BMW was one of the companies that paid for product placement. And that's the, the, they feed all the birds and they shit all over the cars. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're, they're walking down the street and hitting all the cars with a baseball bat. Like yeah. But they stop, all... they say, not this one. Tyler yeah. says, not this one. And it's like a 
like a Honda Civic. Right. And then they get up to like, they get up to the Volkswagen. They're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Volkswagen um, scene was like Edward Norton's, like the new Volkswagens are like his symbol of like corporate product greed, basically like boomer repackaging something that like was the new beetle or whatever them. it was. Yeah. The new beetle design yeah. was like in his mind, the ultimate example of corporate machinations of like taking something that was cool and making it like right. shit. Yeah. No, it's a lot of it is overstated simple things that are actually more impressive to me now when you state them plainly than when they're stated in this hyperbolic cool way because what you get when you have a hyperbolic cool um like a person with a with a like a cult of personalities you get like fucking dictators and fascists and shit right that's what he devolves into right for tyler like for all his ranting about society, man, like what he endeavors to build is arguably worse. Right? Because he's turning right. into like he's got these sycophantic followers at the end. But then it's like, do the ends it's the whole argument is do the ends justify the means? It's kind of what this film is kind of about in a way. It's like there's a part of Ed the narrator that becomes Tyler Durden, which is like the, the ends justify the means like fuck everyone and everything, tear it all down. And then there's, you know, the narrator who is unsure of that. And he recognizes and comes around to the fact that like, and the whole impetus of like the human connection thing is what allows him to like sleep at night. Right. When he goes, yeah. to all the, we didn't even talk about the going to the, the whole kind of. That stuff's kind of rough to watch. It's pretty well, rough to watch. I have said that I have dildos and lube. Uh, well, uh, just like cancer stuff. I don't know. I, I don't like the. I like. I feel I, like I, it's very important for the film, though. I get he has just, to go there to feel anything. He has to go yeah. that far to feel anything. Yeah, which, yeah. like, I I kind of like. For me, it's more like Toy Story three and shit. You know, <laughs> like I'll just find myself sobbing at children's movies because yeah. they like catch me off guard. Um, but but yeah. Cool. <laughs> but yeah the, I will uh, never not cry at Toy Story 3 no if you don't cry at Toy Story 3 you need to go see a psychiatrist and probably get like some sort of person that makes sure that you don't do any psychopathic shit um, like a legal guardian or something uh, uh, I listened to this podcast and these three guys told me that if I don't cry <laughs> <laughs> wow pretty pretty anti-southern there Gus uh <laughs> just seems like this in the last 20 years this movie has been like become like just graft whatever you want onto it like if make this argument out of it and make that argument like everybody's got to take like i I went i spent a couple hours going through like videos of like that's a mistake people with takes like oh this is this is a take over here here's a take over here i I, those youtube videos are Dog shit. I yeah. I like the ones that talk about filmmaking and stuff or other films that are like they're not pretty bad. Bro they were centric. they were well, there there were from all directions. It wasn't just sure. like MRAs, it was like like you know, anti-capitalist ones too. Like this movie has become a lightning rod for just whatever. Well, what's your, yeah, what's your take? Or do are you staying neutral? Well, I think the 
the the thing I got out of it the most recently, and this is just me being jaded and nihilistic, is that everyone's a hypocrite. Like we're all slaves to our own humanity. Like whatever we if if we are like life sucks, I blame society, I blame capitalism, I blame Starbucks, I blame women. What are you going to build in instead? The thing that you're endeavoring to build is arguably worse than what you're complaining about, you know, and like, I don't know, yeah, but like I, whatever power system you take down. what about the end down, of the film, though? What do you think that the very ending means? What does the narrator leave? Where is he at after this film's over? Which I, I would argue is the most important part of the whole film in terms of what well, it's trying to say. I'm not sure I understand why Tyler died, but that's just kind of me. All right. Why did shooting himself in the mouth make him go away? But yeah, I think that's that's metaphorical. metaphorical. I don't think that didn't actually really happen. That was as the battle in his mind. And that's what happened. Did he really accomplish anything? I don't know. Like he's there. He's going to be in a, he's going to be in a relationship with Helena Bonham Carter. So that's good. I mean, in, in a, like a real relationship with her. That's what's implied anyway. Yes. And I think that is what the whole film and book are about. Is that like... Be well, as is angry finally as hitting you, rock bottom? Kind of, yeah. Be as angry as you want. But if you aren't able to have a real relationship, right? Or real relationships with people, like you're, you're doing it wrong. Like... Mm. Um, yeah, I can like, see that. It doesn't mean that any of the stuff like that Tyler over hyperbolized is necessarily wrong. Like it's it's okay to be angry and mad about all those things, but if those things keep you from having real human connection, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Nineteen nineties. What um, about what about the theme of like masculinity and the whole theme of emasculation that runs through this whole movie? Like I think they're it's constantly just, threatening to cut cut off each other's balls. Right. Like that's the ultimate threat. It's they insecurity. Use. It's just, it's just a, it's just a, I mean, this is like a illustration of what happens when people can't address their insecurities in a, in a healthy way. Right. Yeah. And, and then he rejects it at the end. He's like, no, I don't want to be this person. You know what I mean? I want to look like any of the guys in Fight Club. They're all like perfectly like Peter Parker from the comic books jacked. Like Peter Parker's never, he's like jacked, but not like. Yeah, he's believable. He's not yeah. Mr. Olympia. Schwarzenegger yeah, bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it kind of goes along with the whole idea of like the ideal man and like you know, there's a little bit of Nietzsche's philosophy in there, like also spake Zarathustra, right? The last man, and like, is society emasculating? I don't know if this is exactly. Uh, think about like gymnastics when, like, you look at like the 1950s, like, well, the 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 yeah, gold medalist. Like, I walked across like, the balance beam one time. Yeah, <laughs> and did like a little jump thing and and, and like now, hit yeah, their heels together. The, and now, now the like, girls <laughs> like, yeah, jumping off a springboard, doing like 15. It's like what, flips and what has yeah. changed? Just like like the four minute mile, people were like, oh, that's never going to happen. And then a guy did it, you know, in like a yeah. courtyard. And but it's like one stuff. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is the more the fact act of breaking through some mental state 
And like, also oh, just the like now you, you can free time can 180 to do or, uh, Yeah. Well, yes. the access for more people to, yeah. to practice whatever yeah. that skill and the is. Knowledge, the knowledge. Right. Well, I guess that's evolution, like how we think about it. I mean, before yeah, industrialization, it wasn't guaranteed that your children were going to survive. Even, like, yeah, during, I mean, it's, that's keeping, really only... That's only been the last 50 years or so. Really, infant mortality was crazy. Yeah. People don't have to worry about survival of their offspring, which... Right. Before that there was a strong evolutionary component to women taking care of the kids and men going out and getting food. But that went away. And it seems like this movie or, and when I say this movie, I kind of more mean the book because like Chuck Polinick has said that like, I, you know, this, this book is about emasculation. Like he has said that, like yeah. he, he wanted the, he wanted to write something for men. Yeah. Like, which is why I say like, he, he might seem like a nice guy and everything, but I think that his viewpoint is very short sighted and um, very American uh, 20th century American. Um, don't you, don't you move my cheese? You know what I mean? Oh, it was like this for hundreds of years. Ah! And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Just, uh, progress is progress. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't give it a shit if you have a dick or a vagina or both or neither. Like, it, do you want things to be better for more people? Then shut the fuck up and get on board. That's how I feel. You know, like. I'm not Everything's saying I agree construct. with it. I'm no, saying no, this is I'm like saying it makes him, me mad. Like his mother. <laughs> and no, by extension, the movie yeah. is kind of I'm about... I'm scared. Uh, in one way, it's about like corporate, you sure. know, corporate greed and consumer culture. It's definitely your very soul much about that. like... It's very yeah, much this, about that. This lacking but, of masculinity and modernity. Et yeah, there's this theme of like emasculation via modern society and and, and that's just what the corporations are selling you this and that and whatever to, to keep you from being a real man well the first support group he goes to is testicular cancer yeah where the men have literally had their testicles removed sure because they had cancer and it's a support group for them and meatloaf's entire character in this movie is he's got bitch tits. Yeah. Like he, he had his testicles removed. They gave him, they've screwed up his hormones and now he has giant breasts, which were made by Rob Bettine and weighed a hundred pounds, I guess. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, when he's but, like, ah! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his character encapsulates this, this theme of like modern society being emasculating in the traditional masculine, you know, traditional gender terms. Sure. Let me ask you a question. Of yes. all of the characters in this movie, which one you, would you actually want to be friends with? For me, it's Bob. Hel <laughs> Helena Bottom. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Bob, I'm saying of all yeah. the guys in the movie, if Bob, Bob is the one you'd actually want to hang out with because he's nice. Yeah. He's Bob's a nice a good, person. He's and a good he, guy. Like, wants good things. I'd hang out people. with Tyler like once a month. 
Yeah, because you're Tyler's not yeah, real. You have though. this weird, like, well, well masochistic yeah. thing where yeah. you like you like to feed off of. You're like a succubus for psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> But that, um, that theme of emasculation is present through the whole movie. It's like there's sure. constantly lines of dialogue being dropped of mm-hmm. like, they're going to cut your dick off. Like they're going to yeah. cut your balls off. Do we need more women? Like Tyler says something raised like, by, by raised the generation we, we, raised yes. by women. Do we, is, yeah. a, is another woman? Really, like, is it every generation? Really if you live in a patriarchal society raised by women, you fucking idiot. But Chuck, Chuck Palahniuk is like unironically doing interviews where he's saying that, that that's what this is about. Oh yeah, no, I, I, and I, I don't, it's one of those instances where I think that the artists didn't realize that they were the fool in their own play. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so you think like David Fincher took this and he's doing more pushing the satire. I think, yeah, I don't think he had to do much. He just, when you present it in a visual form with real people, it becomes more ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like that's just how going from a book to a film is like you you do it word for word, like exactly the way the book is in real life. It's going to seem more ridiculous, right? Yeah. So he just did that and let the chips fall where they may knowing full well, I think that he's poking fun at these little insecure shit bags. Well, see, uh, and Tyler yeah. is full. Tyler is full of, contradictions and hypocrisies like yeah he says let's evolve but he also wants to go back to being a hunter-gatherer right that's so he wants to devolve he values individualism but like the people who follow him lose their individuality Yeah, they have to do so unconditionally and yeah exactly they lose their identities they lose their names they all look alike yeah he's creating like everything he's railing against at the beginning Kind yeah. of is saying like uh and he's a fascist it's literally he's, he's like you're no what does he say you're not all perfect snowflakes this book slash movie popularized snowflake as a pejorative yeah yeah as yeah. like a character who's like basically a fascist yeah to brainwash his followers into being sycophants when you guys keep on talking about um uh, people that are uh, sick of ants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have an I ant problem right now, so that's a real sore spot. Me too, yeah. Too many ants. He just doesn't... That's what I'm saying. He doesn't realize that he yeah. just laid out basically like incel... The, he, that's what I'm he saying. Made, that's the worst part the of this movie. He made the bed for the incels. Yes. This movie, yes. Did this movie right? create incel culture? I think it started Dude, that whole idea for sure. Like yeah. at least in, in terms Everybody of broad got the, like, culture. It's like somebody watching Goodfellas and like going like, I want to be a gangster. Like, right. no, no. <laughs> Not the it's fucking actually, point. No, yeah, right. Like I, and I think Fincher, I mean, based on his other work, I mean, honestly, might be if this is true, and I will hope that it is. The most brilliant part of this whole thing is that he took a guy's film, made it just the way it was, and turned it into a parody a of itself. Yeah, a takedown of it, the thing that it's fond <laughs> from. You know. Anyway, <laughs> Fight Club. You should watch it. Fight Club ninety nine. David Fincher Nine-times. Marathon continues. What's his next movie? I forget. Uh, Panic Room is next. Yeah. It's so crazy. That feels like it's a bigger void there. 
than there actually is. And then I think, is, right? uh, I think we'll, we'll do, we're doing Panic Room, and I think we're the next one would be the Spider Verse. So that's the next. Yeah, okay. there'll okay. be a break. There'll be cool, a break cool, cool. in the Fincher Marathon after Panic. I feel like that's a good place for a break after yeah. Panic Room because yeah. it shifts. All right, uh, let's do a segment called "What Are You Watching?" I don't have much this week because we did. A, I was at a music festival all weekend. Oh yeah, which fun. was fun. I I liked live music. Um, I did the, I, I actually don't have anything. I finished better call Saul, which is great. Uh, I, I definitely recommend finishing. Oh yeah. I got to do it. The series. I plan on it. Yeah. Because yeah. the ending, I think each season gets better from what I remember. Like it just, mm-hmm. that show just gets better and better. I feel and like I need to go back and watch the season before. Me too. Like, because I feel too. I'm like back when his brother like is like, I just, Freaking yeah, out and like I just kind of anyway. I'm not like say anything, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. well, the whole I always in between seasons, it seemed like it was so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that I would forget what happened. And yeah. that's what happened. I'm like, should I like I can't so, even I can't remember what was really happening. good YouTube like recap that recap I could watch. Or something. Yeah. It took me like by the time episode two, I was like back in it, you know. Yeah. So you yeah. get you get caught up pretty quick. There aren't really recaps, but you can like put you together piece stuff together. You remember, oh, just yeah. because it's oh. so good because yeah. it's told so well. I mean, it feels like the kind of show where you could probably watch any single episode having no context and still be like, well, damn, that was good. Yeah. 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 Also, Love and Death. Yeah. Why does that show exist? Because like, they already made it. Is this one of those things where like, Neither studio wanted to back down. Is it one of those? Yeah, I don't know. Didn't Cherry come out like forever ago? Two years ago. Something yeah. Like that. I'm like, this is the exact same show. It is. Like, I, don't, I don't know if you saw Candy, but it's like I the story it. beats are. Yeah. I mean, it's the same story. Like it's literally a true story. And I, yeah, but like you got, I, I, you got I, low rent Matt Damon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like him. So Scarlet but I Witch. Is it? I'm just it's not so sure I can finish it just because I've, oh, I've already seen, seen it. it. Yeah, okay, I haven't that, even started or even thought about watching it because the other one was good. And oh, okay. Was, yeah, it was good. This, this pretty, one might be better, but this is pretty I, fucking good. Like in my like, it's if I had never. I'm like, seen oh wow, candy. that episode's over, and it's really like nothing like exciting is happening. I don't know. I think it's yeah. filmmaking wise. That's kind of how the good. first one is too. Like it doesn't really go anywhere, but you still have this kind of tension. Yeah. This yeah. one feels a Elizabeth little bit Olsen's more doing re- like her like tightrope of like being like kind of yeah, like losing never... edge and yeah. she's she's good. Yeah. Well, that's anything else? I, no, that's all I have. Gus, um, I got one, uh, one named shows. Three of them. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm continually watching Dave, which is very anxiety driven like it is like the every episode just like ah but it's it's so well done and it like really all comes together and there's great kind of like goes off in these weird directions you're not expecting it to i really really like that show um barry is just like cliffhanger after cliffhanger which i don't mind a cliffhanger if it's done really well because you know, but fuck, I gotta wait another goddamn week. That's a, it's like, <laughs> it's like you get mad at it. It's so, yeah, 
just about the next big story beats about to happen. And, and the yeah. yeah. And it's like, but this isn't even, I mean, I guess it is still, you got to wait, but still, it's, yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah. That was like Lost it, was built around that. Mm-hmm. Frustrating the audience from week to week. Yeah. The, it, it was my it, first girlfriend was built around that too. This is like kind of doing oh. it in a cool way. I don't hey. know. Uh, no, the Barry, Barry cliffhangers are, are, they're not all cookie cutter. No. Um, and I finished beef a while ago. I wasn't sure if I bought this up or not. I didn't mind the ending. I didn't think it was abrupt. I, I liked the okay. whole thing. It felt like very kind of. Yeah. I like the, I like, you know, it. It, it just, it felt like that, you know, like they're, they're not both gonna like when they both, when he kind of got what he wanted and she didn't, I was like, Hmm. Wow. Thanks ca- for the spoiler. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I was very, I just started watching it. I was never going to finish it thrown by the last episode. It's just a, such a dramatic shift in tone for me. Oh, see, I didn't, but I was waiting for that and I didn't feel that. Okay. <clears throat> sorry, right. you should. You should. I'm sorry. That's all right. I, I'm sorry. No, what? I'm saying. I'm saying sorry to to Adam. He, no, I, it's I, fine. I, I didn't. It doesn't really ruin it. The experience of the entire show. No, I would. I would definitely recommend that show. Yeah. Even though I didn't care much for the ending, Glenn is doing a great job. Yeah, that scene uh, where he's cha- eating. He's, there's a scene early on where he's eating something. I think it's like yeah, a giant went, hamburger outside. He's on his truck, and, and yeah, he's that made he's me like, laugh out loud. Just yeah, how like stress eating, how yeah. much, yeah. like how intensely he's eating this hamburger, and just yeah. the face makes me he's want making. that hamburger. I know and that he's, he's like, I know that it's he's, yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, so fast. That chokes when you drink, you don't chew enough, and you get that like <laughs> yeah. It's just like I've like I don't know if I've ever seen that in a movie before, but I've done that a hundred thousand times. Oh yeah. Still watching 100 Foot Wave. Don't really know where it's going. The show feels kind of aimless at this point because the first season's very focused. Second season has a pretty good focus. This season is just like almost too many storylines. But Philip Glass is laying down some sick tunes. I like watching slow-mo footage of giant waves. The people... I just have an obsession with like extreme sports athletes and just like... Not the ones that are like... Yeah, I'm so fucking cool. Like jackass style people. Although I did like jackass, but the ones that are just like, I don't know, I just can't not do this. And like, I had to figure out a way to do it for a living. And that's where I am. Like, cause I get that. It's like, why did you climb the mountain? Because it was there type of thing. Yeah. It's like some people are just drawn to a thing and they just can't, when they're not doing it, they just are dying inside. Like man on wire was well, kind of like I, that. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are like the guys in that. I saw the dramatization, but like those like dive cave divers that saved us. Like they're just yeah. like two guys that are like have other jobs. Oh, with Vigo yeah. Mortensen, but they uh, yeah, are the, like because there are no fucking experts. They are the experts. It's such a and weird thing. It's not like yeah. this. Like it's what? Yeah. <laughs> Who? Why? Uh, <laughs> that's our, then you got into what now? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, been playing just so much fucking Zelda. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, how's that going? It's cool. Tears of the Kingdom. I like it. I mean, it it is it is different enough. It doesn't feel like downloadable content, you know, DLC shit. Right. Um, it's a whole new game. It's a whole like it has a lot of similar structure, but doing new and different stuff. Um. 
But anyway, it's it's cool. I mean, it's one of the most hyped games ever. Uh, it's better than Cyberpunk. So it's like not broken. Mm. There are things I've seen some videos about how to like dupe stuff and cheat and stuff. And I've been trying not to do it. Um, I haven't yet. Like so make I'm a million diamonds and stuff. Yeah, you I, can I like dupe shit, diamonds yeah. and stuff really easily. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I'm about out of steam. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna record an outro, then I'm gonna head out. Sounds I good. didn't, I didn't talk about like half of my notes, and I don't even really care. Yeah, we had some good discussions, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. My name is Brad Patello. Find me on Instagram at Brad Patello. Gus is Mr. Trouth. Adam is Renaissance Grunt. Also, follow our Instagram account, A Movie Odyssey, on Instagram. And thank you for joining us today. We talked thank about Fight Club. You. We broke the first rule. <laughs> I am Jack's <laughs> utter lack of surprise. We are Jack's podcast.